Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You will say that. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And Lindsay, I need to read you this headline. You're going to get mad at me. I'm just warning you. You're going to get mad at me for reading you this headline, but I have to read it to you. Okay. It's from Us Weekly. Last night, the um, subhead, the tag is controversy. Britney Snow's husband, Tyler Stanilant, claims that selling the OC co-star Kayla Cardona tried to kiss him twice, colon, details. <laughs> I know you said no more selling Sunset, but this is technically selling the OC. What is selling the OC? Is that different than selling Sunset? Either Jason or Grayson, one of them started a spinoff of the Oppenheim but the show hasn't even in the aired OC. yet. No, it aired last night. What? One of the real estate agents is... Britney Snow's husband, Tyler what? Stanaland. <laughs> How did we not know this dropped? I feel like this should be big news for this for this SS heads. Ooh, that's not a good nickname for selling sunset. I do. I don't take that back. So the show isn't the show just came out and there's already controversy because Britney Snow's husband works there and somebody tried to kiss him. Well, he claims that selling the OC co-star Kayla Cardona tried to kiss him not once but twice. He revealed all of this on an August 24th episode of a show called Reality Life with Kate Casey, in which he explained that he tried to brush past Cardona's attempts to get closer to him on the series. And in parentheses, these attempts did not happen while we were filming, Stanilant said on the podcast. Oh, I was going to say, is this like a plot in the show? This is like a completely separate thing that happened. Well, that's the thing about these shows. It's not a plot on the show explicitly, but it's a plot outside the show, which is essentially the same thing as being on the show. It's all the show now. Okay, we need to move on. This is not the show, nor is it an advertisement for the show, nor is it a way that Bobby's going to get around my no-selling sunset rule. You're listening to Who's There, our weekly call-in show, where we take your questions, comments, and concerns at 619-WHO-THEM. Let's start with comments. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby, and Timmy. Long time, long time. I am answering your question about how far... um, West Virginia is from the Cursed Plantation. Um, so Jennifer Garner is actually from my hometown, so I know the exact Sam's Club she was in. And then I guess then Affleck's um, Plantation, whatever the fuck it is. Oh, sorry, geez. Um, bleep that if you need to. Uh, it's in Savannah, Georgia. And so I can very confidently say that is an eight-hour drive because that was the first stop that my parents used to make when we would drive to Florida. So I hope that answers your question Crunch, crunch, good night. Wow, what beautiful happenstance. She knew where the Sam's Club was because she used to stop there as a kid. I would be very like, oh, only an eight-hour drive? You could get there in a day. But that's where she's from. So Uh there was no secret attendance. Okay, well, she's just visiting her hometown Sam's Club. No, I I didn't suspect that she went. I just somehow suspected she was nearby. But she wasn't, and she didn't. 
and we asked for clarification, and guess what? We got it. If we ask for something on this podcast, I'm pretty sure we're going to get it. Hey, Lindy, Bobby, Timmy. Um, Amber Midsunder is a member of the Fort Peck Sioux Tribes, um, and so her dad grew up on the Fort Peck Reservation. Um, it's in Montana, not New Mexico. Um, and I realize that this seems really didactic, but, you know, part of the project of settler colonialism is making indigenous communities into who's instead of them's. Um, and that's like, you know, that's what like erasure is. So I just thought I would call and clarify. Um, so that tribe is not in New Mexico. Um, it sounds like Amber did grow up in New Mexico, um, but uh, they're in Montana. So just a little shout out. Um, I I love everything you all do. Thanks so much. Bye. I was going to play two corrections here. There was this correction about the Fort Peck Sioux tribe being in Montana and not New Mexico. And then there was another one about Gwyneth Paltrow being another celebrity spokesperson for that smart toxin called Zeoman. And I was like, I think I prefer this call a little more. And this one feels a little more essential. So let's not who this place in the future. Don't who this place in the future. Hi, Bobby Lindsay. Um, I had to pause the podcast because um, when you were talking about Gina Temple and her mystery man or mystery boyfriend, um, I was laughing at Lindsay saying nobody was struggling to identify him. Because, um, as a fan of Juno, because of Ted Lasso, I just noticed him around a lot. I think like the first time I saw him was at the Emmys, and to me, he looks like kind of like if you left Zach Braff out in the woods for a couple months or something. But um, never really thought much of it because um, I didn't know who he was and no one ever named him. So I was like, oh, he's just a random dude she's dating. Um, and then she was at the Paramount Plus launch in the UK, whatever that entailed. And um, they got his name on, on Getty Images. It's like Michelle Chemonsky. Um, I'm assuming he's Polish. And that really didn't help too much either. He still just seems like a nobody. Um, I think he's, I found like an old picture of him and he's like a personal trainer. So maybe that's where we met him. Uh, yeah, so this really is not that interesting at all. I think maybe, yeah, he's just her trainer and they started dating. I don't know. He just seems like a random dude. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, Again, this is not interesting. I'm so sorry. Crunch, crunch. Okay, it's not interesting, but you did do the work. And for that, you are a queen. I love this. Uh, He looks like Encino Man. Like, it's incredible. (laughs) I thought that was just his look in those photos that we happened to see in the Daily Mail. But he attended the Paramount Plus UK launch portrait studio looking literally the exact same. I mean, it's like... From the neck up, this guy is not putting in any effort to change the way that he is. Do you know what I mean? He looks like he's been chipped out of some, like, iconic ice. Like, there's no... By Pauly Shore, there's no for sure. Shit. I love him. Michel Zemanski. Is that his name? They they asked him his name. That's what happened. Getty Images said, what's this man's name? Because they have to put the name, you know, in the in on the photo. Yeah. And he said, I'm Mich- Michal, Michal Zemanski. I know that we have an identity for this guy, but I really cannot get over Juno Temple's, like, waking life. Like, her look is just... 
No, she's her style incredible. is so wonderful. It's wonderful. No, it's wonderful. she's literally like, um, who is she? She's she's giving party girl. She's giving party girl. She's giving party sure. girl. She's giving early aughts, late two thousands party girl. Exactly. She's giving my super sweet sixteen. She's oh giving my god, yes. Like um, you know. Uh, more more UK references. She's giving her that as well. I mean, you called her a hun last episode, and I think that that's perfect. I think she's a hun. Nobody's calling Juno Temple a hun, and I feel like we should be calling her a hun. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, Gemma Collins can't have all the love. Do you think after she got Ted Lasso, she felt more comfortable, like, being her hun self? You know what I mean? I Before so. that, I mean, she was, like, trying to assimilate into, like, United States, like, Hollywood culture. She wants to, like, get mm-hmm. lots of different roles, da-da-da. She's like, don't just cast me as this specific thing. But then she got her, like, dream role of, like, playing British, British <laughs> GF. It's like, now she can just be herself and wear, she- like, a satin mini with, like, a high pony and, like, a tiny bag, you know? <laughs> and black tights. Ooh, black tights. She's wonderful. Okay. She's on her way to temple for her bat mitzvah. It's like actually incredible. (laughs) She is the temple. Okay. Let's move on to questions. She is the temple. Um, Hey, Lindsay and Bobby. I want to know who Rachel Senna is. Uh, Rachel Senna. She's in the new movie, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies which most of us would probably know because of the new Charlie XCX song. Um, she also was in Shiva Baby, which was very good. Um, but yeah, anything you can tell me about her, I would love. Thanks. Uh, good form, both of No offense, but I have a sense that this person is calling and they already know everything there is to know about this person. You know when we get a call and you like suspect you're like, I appreciate you for putting this in front ringer? of us, but there's a little bit of acting going on here. Like, you know mm-hmm. all there is to know. Or maybe this person doesn't think they know all there is to know, but I'm telling you, you know all there is to know, you know? Yes, <laughs> I feel the same way. Also, there's not all that much to know about Rachel Sennett. That's what I'm know? saying. Like, this person knows everything there is really to know. Like, you got mm-hmm. you got it all. You've got it. I will say, having seen Bodies, 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 Bed Bath and Beyond. Bed Bath and Beyond. Better, bis- better Business Bureau. Better Business Sorry, Bureau. I'm... I think Better Business Bureau when I see it. I do think of Better Business Bureau. Having seen Better B- Business Bureau finally, really liked it. What I thought was kind of cool about it is that with the exception of the men who don't really matter but are good in it and they 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 do what they need to do. It's the other characters, the non-Pete Davidson, the non-Lee Pace characters. They're all kind of given equal time to like kind of shine and be people like they're sure i would say rachel's given the best jokes but maybe she just is better at saying the jokes (laughs) i guess i mean it's kind of the rare ensemble where there's not an objective breakout there were things about like amandla i'd never really experienced a lot of her stuff because it's ya like i saw the hate you give but i hadn't seen everything oh you didn't see the one where she dated the nazi that one the one no i didn't see the one where she dated the nazi and like i know all Uh this all the all the drama between amandla and lena wilson but like even maria bakalova i kind of thought like oh this is interesting like here's maria bakalova following Borat too up with something that's kind of a substantial role like I was no, like oh I thought that was amazing. she has a lot to do I kind of thought it would be stunt casting and then there's Mahala Harold who is in industry which I keep meaning to watch and haven't watched even though everyone says it's amazing like 
they all kind of get a lot to do and they get the opportunity to introduce themselves. But you're right, Rachel Sennett kind of, just because she is the most abrasive character, kind of gets the loudest, funniest moments. She's not even the most abrasive character. She's just the one that's the easiest to give the jokes to, in Mm -hmm. a way. Her character is just lending itself towards telling jokes. But this is not a movie review podcast. No, 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 no. no. Who the fuck is that podcast? So we need to actually do our job here. All of these people are who's, right? All of them are who's, except for Pete Davidson and maybe Lee Pace, unfortunately. All the the guys are on the on cuspy. Yeah. Amanda, we've talked about before. Amanda has been on the rise for many years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Chase We Wonders, we've talked about before because Chase is the star of R.I.P. Generation with the plus sign in the middle. I don't think um, we and- <laughs> ever talked about Chase We Wonders, though, but Chase We Wonders did show up on Timmy's job application because he stands <laughs> and I think he pointed out her as an up and coming legend which mm-hmm. he was right I mean she yeah, shines in right. this uh, the person I saw this with kept saying who is that and I was like I don't know and you know, it's Chase Sweet Wonders it's who Chase if Wonders. you're wondering is uh, Anna Sweet's niece which is hilarious because I think Chase Sweet Wonders is one of the coolest names of a celebrity to happen in a long time having Sweet there as the middle name you're sort of like could she be related to Anna Sui? It's like, because it's the middle name, like, mm-hmm. who knows? Mm-hmm. And she is. And she is. And she's been, like, buzzy for a while now. There was an entire profile about her in, like, a W Magazine. Chase Wee Wonders, Anna Sui's niece, is a Harvard-educated <laughs> comedy buff and aspiring ac- actress because she went to Harvard and wrote for The Lampoon, which is, like, it's interesting because usually somebody who goes to Harvard and writes for The Lampoon is, like, an SNL come up, like something, you know, there's a different direction, but it seems like yeah. she's doing something a little different. It's an insufferable white guy, but this is huh, not right. the case. But also right. she, as you pointed out, she graduated, what was it, magna cum laude? Magna cum laude magna cum from laude. Harvard, which is not even, like, Oh, like going to Harvard, there's lots of ways in Harvard that I wouldn't assume that the person who went to Harvard is a genius at this point. It's just it's just too easy to get into Harvard if you're wealthy. But mm-hmm. graduating magna cum laude once you're there is really wild. I'm very, I'm very intimidated by her. Is it magna the like, highest? Oh What's higher, summa or magna? Oh, no, summa's highest. Okay, I don't. Oh, I no well, longer stand, Chase. Sorry. Sorry to Chase. Not you smart done, enough. You should have done better, Chase. Slacking <laughs> off at Harvard. Oh, my God. I was looking at her IMDb, and the only other thing on there that I'd seen, because I did not watch Generation, it looks like I'll never get the chance because they literally took it off HBO Max. It wasn't good. I watched one episode. not good. She was in On the Rocks, that terrible, terrible, terrible Sofia Coppola movie that came out on Apple TV Plus during the pandemic. Movie's terrible, but she's in that as extra. So she really has not done anything. So even the only thing I'd seen, she was an extra in. She was also in that movie that starred um, Patrick Schwarzenegger, Daniel Isn't Real. I don't know if this was like kind of a smaller movie that came out a few years ago. I remember it being promoted because I was like, oh no, Patrick Schwarzenegger is acting. Ding. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it was a relatively thing. And her next thing that she's in is a Neil LeBute movie with Diane Kruger. Oh, Diane. And Hank Azaria. And then Mahala Harold, as I said, is the star of Industry. She's going to be in the movie that we talk about all the time that keeps switching their cast around. She's in Leave the World Behind. Oh, my my favorite movie that hasn't come out yet. A hundred percent. She's must be one of the kids because there aren't many characters in that book. The other who's of this movie that excite me are the writers, one of which is the girly who wrote Cat Parson, the other which is the girly, the playwright girly who wrote one of my favorite plays of a few years ago, The Wolves. But that's your favorite playwright. What's a her deeper name? dive? 
My she's in my top three. Her name is Sarah. Oh. <laughs> Her name is Sarah. Sarah Delap. It just felt unfair to just talk about Rachel Sennett as the main reason I wanted to go through all these other people. But yes, they are who's. I think they are all on the rise. This is the perfect type of type of movie for who's on the rise to be cast in. And also, I think it's good. Like the movie is actually good and being well reviewed by most people. So cool, great. Rachel Sennett is an interesting character because Rachel Sennett started as a comedian kind of just before front-facing video comedy reached its, I don't know, apex (laughs) during the pandemic. Like, she was doing it before we all had to be doing it because we were stuck inside, but not long before. But she kind of predated a lot of what you see now. Point is, she has parlayed that sort of, like, internet comedy, stand-up comedy scene into an actual movie TV career. I think that's happening. There's a generation of NYU kids who all went to Tish together who were all like very funny (laughs) that are now like coming into stuff. There is kind of this generation that now we're getting to be old enough to be in stuff and good stuff. And like it's just feels very much like she's part of that crowd, you know, where like true heads who are on the Internet have known her for a long time. She's like old news, but she's new to any to any normal person, you know. Right. And you mentioned Iowa Debris, but 253 weeks ago, Rachel posted a photo of her and Iowa Debris. They've been like comedy partners for many years, but it's a photo of them together and it says, blinded by our futures, also sweating. And Iowa, of course, is on the bear having a huge come up right now. One more Rachel Senate thing. She's going to be in this other thing that feels very bodies, bodies, bodies because of the cast, but slightly themier. She's in the new weekend show that's on HBO that finally released a trailer. Trailer. Idol. It's like Lily Rose Depp, who's fi- who's been like on the come up for years, but as kind of a model, and then Jenny, Jenny Kim from Blackpink, The Weekend, but he's I able. Mean, in half this. of these are like stunt casting to me until I see the movie. Like I'm not gonna believe that Troy Sivan is like you know acting, acting. I know he's been in a movie, but like I'm not gonna believe that. I'm not gonna believe Jenny's doing anything. I'm not gonna believe Debbie Ryan's really. I know she's also an actress, but like mm-hmm. I just feel like I need to. This this show is like very much like. TK, TK, TK on the like, on the actual who's in this show and what are they doing, you know? The most important thing to know about Rachel is that one of her most famous internet videos is one you've probably seen before. God, I hate even saying one of her most famous internet videos, but it's a parody of people in LA set to 212 by Azalea Banks. They sort of even reference it in Bodies, 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 which is funny, but I'll play a clip here. Come on, it's LA. What? (laughs) It's LA. I'm addicted to drugs. We all are. If you don't have an eating disorder, get one, bitch. <laughs> Hi, Lindsay Bobby to me. Um, I'm sure you're getting a lot of calls about this, but would love for you to talk about my favorite Nepo baby, my freaking crush forever, Lourdes Leon, aka Lola. I guess, a.k.a. now, Lola Hall. Um, Madonna, them, Lourdes Leon, who, Lola Hall, nah? <laughs> uh Let me know what you guys thought about this song, the video. She looks absolutely insane, like in a good way. She looks gorgeous. Um, but what do we think Madonna thinks about this? Uh... If you remember, Madonna once photoshopped herself into a photo of Lola and then reposted the photoshopped version onto her Instagram. So, 
Madonna just worked with, uh, or like one of my friends just worked, I guess, with Madonna in, in her music video or like her shoot for paper bag. So my friend is like 27. So I'm sure Madonna thinks she's hip with it. So yeah, just would love for you guys to talk about it. Anyway, crunch, crunch. Bye. If Madonna's like the most iconic kind of <laughs> mononymous name in pop music history, I would say Lola Hole is like the least, you know? The Billboard host on this story, listen to the way that he introduces Lola Hole on this official Billboard video. I just, I laughed out loud when I heard this the first time. Do we have a new princess of pop on our hands? Okay, I wouldn't go that far, but the queen of pop's daughter did just drop her first single. <laughs> it's very surprising. It's very weird. It's not accessible. It's very like drum and bassy, grimesy. It's unexpected, I guess, for Lourdes. But she's like a, she's like a nightclub, like cool kid, party girly thing. So she's clearly just doing music to fit the lifestyle like I'm reading this right up of the story and it says Lourdes said that unlike her always hustling multimedia megastar mom she doesn't have a specific career goal it's like mm -hmm. yeah no kidding bitch like <laughs> of course she doesn't have a career goal you know like there's no she's modeling she's kind of vaguely acting she dances like she she's singing she's doing music which kind of means nothing I mean RuPaul's released like 25,000 dance albums, you know, like that doesn't necessarily mean you're like an incredible singer. It just, it's the vibe. So I think yeah. she, as somebody who hangs out in nightclubs, it was like she met some, she met some producers and putting out music, you know? Yeah. A producer named Earth Eater. <laughs> Sick. Love to see it. It's very drum and bassy. It sounds old. Yeah. It's, yeah, her yeah. look is very like grimesy. Brooke, there's something very Brooke Candy about her too. Like, it's kind of refreshingly sloppy, which I kind of like. Like, it's both buttoned up and it's quite sloppy. And so <laughs> I do appreciate the aesthetic. It's not like sloppy. It was like, it's like messy. It's like purposefully Grimy. like low budge and like kind of like a scene and like underground in a way. As underground as Madonna's daughter can be. It's funny that in the same way that you are... As Madonna's daughter, people are always going to care what you're doing, even if it's weird. It's like it's also no one cares what she does and she right. can do whatever she wants. Like, I don't understand how those those kind of magically exist at the same time because there's no expectation for her to like do anything other than kind of this stuff. But somehow when she does this stuff, it gets like that initial like pulse of press as Madonna's mm -hmm. daughter. Yeah. I don't know how to explain it. It's like people care about her and don't care about the same time. There's like pressure and then no pressure. I'm looking at this video which came out yesterday and in 24 hours it has 346,000 views on YouTube. Okay, what I'm thinking about that number, which is a pretty big number for, uh, I guess, a debut single by someone, people click because they were like, oh, Lourdes made music? Like, I don't know that that number really means anything beyond, it's intriguing that she released music, but I don't know that I'm necessarily into it or if I'm ever going to watch or listen to this again. 
the people who would really be into it or like engage with it don't actually maybe necessarily know that it's Madonna's daughter. If that's mm-hmm. not, if that makes sense, like they would yeah. hear it in the club or they would hear it like in passing or whatever, and or something be exposed to it in a different way and not even like clock necessarily. Oh, is that Lourdes Leone? It is just weird to me that she's Lola Hole. Just be Lourdes. Like that's also like a beautiful Lourdes is a great name. anonymous name and like Lourdes being the daughter of Madonna. I've never thought about it. It's like kind of cool. There's no other Lourdes, so it would be a good idea. I did. did you watch That's the whole I'm video? Saying. No, I didn't. She's even like watch at the like beach. I think she's like at the Rockaways. She's like in a convertible, like hanging she's at out the of like on the Kajusko Bridge. I'm just like not the oh. Kajusko Bridge, and it's just like this is <laughs> this is a funny video. There's a lot of there's a lot of drone work in this video. Lourdes is a who though, right? Lourdes is a who for sure. Oh my god, she's on the Kosciuszko Bridge. Oh my god, this okay, is that's so what I'm great. saying. She's on the Kosciuszko Bridge. When did they Bridge? film this? They better have not filmed this during rush hour. I'd be so pissed if I saw Lourdes. I'm like sitting in traffic waiting for Lourdes to drive by in a convertible on the Kosciuszko. Lindsay, I can't imagine the last time I saw a car on the Kosciuszko Bridge moving. So, I, like, she must have been doing this at <laughs> I know, 3 a.m. They must have filmed this so late. I know it's so true. You're right. There's so much going on here. She came out of a shell. She comes out of a shell at the yeah. beach. And then yeah. she's like on the beach in a net. I mean, this is like pure you, aesthetic so for her, candy. which I love. It's no, it's good. It's Brooke Candy. You're right. It's Brooke Candy. It's it's model. It's, it's model. I it's I'm a DJ and I model. You know, it's like I'm yeah. a model DJ type vibes. That's what I was gonna say. It's like I kind of see Lourdes pivoting to club performer slash appearance person. Well, there's something perfectly out of time about this in that it almost like is like what her mom did. You know, like it's it's very much like her mom at the club in the in the early 80s in the mid 80s like Debbie Mazar dancing and like releasing club tracks or whatever it just feels Mm -hmm. it feels right it feels right do you think that who's who you're Lourdes Leon or Francis Bean Cobain oh Francis Bean Cobain no doubt I mean Francis Bean Cobain's a little bit more also there's a little bit more drama surrounding her so she's a little bit hooier I think too I think that both of them have done a very good job of, like, staying out of the public eye. I don't actually want to say good job because I think maybe Uh. they really hate the public eye. But it's very surprising that, like, we can forget about these people. Whereas it seems like... what they do have in common is when they get put in the public eye, it's because they're kind of put, they're dragged in by their moms. Like I would mm-hmm. say they both do a good job doing their thing. But Lourdes has way more of a public career in arts than Francis Bean Cobain. It's hard to compare. Mm-hmm. Okay, next call. Hi, Who Weekly, medium time, medium time. Um, I was wondering if you could do a deep dive into Sarah Hyland's wedding. She married Wells from The Bachelor. Um, I was talking to a friend about it, and she was like, it's so weird to see all these bachelor people at a celebrity wedding. Like, these D-listers are, like, mixing with real celebrities. And I'm like, Sarah Hyland is definitely a who. And I, I'm i curious if there are, like, any thems at her wedding, but also, like, Caitlin Bristow is ar- arguably the most famous person for The Bachelor and might actually be more famous than a lot of, like, the celebrities, quote, at Sarah Hyland's wedding, or at least the non-bachelor celebrities. Uh, Debbie Ryan was there. Vanessa Hudgens was there. Love for you to analyze this monumentous occasion. Um, me and Grace come French. Bye. It is a magical thing when, in culture now, when a Bachelor Nation member marries somebody actually famous like that crossover moment this is this happens with dancing with the stars sometimes but really like more authentically 
these people who are cast to find love on TV, just normal people from God knows where, become go on The Bachelor, become the type of famous you become with The Bachelor, somehow come into contact, meet a real person who's famous, and marry them. That is, I have to say, like, like Wells, you did it. Like, that's the that's the dream. That's the goal. Has it ever happened before to this extent? Like, this kind of... Trying to think. A bachelor like person who married this. a real famous, a, a person who is legitimately famous for a completely different reason. I don't know that it's ever been this big. Well, I'm th- for some reason, I can only think of Kelly from Real World New Orleans and Scott Wolf as being kind of adjacent to this. Because like it's always somebody who was cast through a casting process to be on a reality show, then via like becoming vaguely famous and meets somebody who's actually famous and marries them. Like that's why I thought of her. But yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of I'm not as versed in Bachelor. I can think of like Robert Herjavec married Kim that dancing with the stars got, pro there's vibes counts, there but, but he like, was a reality he was he wasn't super famous to begin with but he was famous in a different way you know but also like she was also famous from dancing with the stars it doesn't quite count because you're not cast out of nowhere i'm thinking of like reality shows that are like real people you know like mm-hmm. real like true true real people yeah kelly marrying scott wolf because also bachelor people marry each other and they also marry people who are from other seasons of bachelor that's a whole other thing Celebrities who have dated people from Bachelor Nation. Let's see. Here's a list on Wonderwall.com. Wellsen is first. Gigi Hadid and Tyler Cameron dated for four minutes. Nick Vile and January Jones dated for four minutes. You know who's a real one? Yeah, what? Obviously, well, it, it doesn't really count. Obviously, it's Kanye and uh, Kanye and Kim because she's a reality star. But that that she's almost on a completely different level. But sure. when Kristen Cavallari married a famous football player. That's kind of a thing. Okay, fair. Okay, fair. Jay Cutler. She was... That's fair. That's a stretch, but it's fair. Oh, my God. Jennifer Hudson and David Otunga because he was on I Love New York. Okay, fair. That's a good one. They broke up. They broke up, but that's a good one. That's real. That's a good one. Yeah, I'm like looking through this list, though, like as far as Bachelor goes, you're thinking of good ones from other reality shows. It's not... We're not... It, this is really it. This is really the pinnacle. I'm I'm telling you, Wells did it. And of course it was a guy, you know, like that's always the case. But mm-hmm. Wells Adams, who did make his way from Bachelor contestant to Bachelor in Paradise contestant to Bachelor in Paradise host, co-host, he played the bartender. He like got to actually work on the show. Mm-hmm to marrying an actual celebrity and then what's funny is sarah highland after her scripted many years scripted role is now hosting a reality show so maybe in a way he's dragging her down sorry 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 i think she's good on love island us but still she seems to like it like well she seems like a girly who watched the bachelor which is what's even yeah. more fun about this there's there's a charming like he didn't just appear out of the blue and she was like oh a random guy it's like no she definitely probably knew who he was when they met you know I looked up what she's up to, and it looks like Emily V. Gordon, Kumail Nanjiani's wife, and they wrote, like, The Big Sick and stuff. Emily V. Gordon is, like, writing a show for her, a TV series for, for Sarah her. Highland. Yeah. I think Sarah Highland is so charming. I think she she's could charming. carry a show. I don't have any... And it, and to me, it makes sense that she's friends with the likes of Debbie Ryan, who's now being mentioned in this show for the second time. You yeah, know, like, she, it makes sense to me that they She and Sofia Vergara are the two most charming people from that show, for sure. I mean, what's the competition, Bobby? Is there a lot of competition? Ariel, Ariel Winter, Nolan Flava, whatever the other one's name is, Jesse Tyler Ferguson, right? Nolan Gould, Julie Bowen, no. So she's friends. So obviously, all of the Modern Family people were there, except for what's his face, the dad. He wasn't there. I noticed that. Ed O'Neill. Yeah, he wasn't there. 
he's on the lazy boy. He's not he's not going to a wedding and wherever this was. Where was this? He's no, he's not going there. Boy. So we had the mingling of real celebrities and fake celebrities. It was a Napa Valley. Which was yeah. like very fascinating to, to watch and to the delight of many a Who Weekly listener, I feel like. But then also you had your random celebrities sprinkled in like Vanessa Hudgens. Nina, Nina yeah. Dobrev. You know? Like it was... We really didn't speak about this much at the time. And we didn't talk about the fact that Jesse Taylor Ferguson officiated the wedding. You know, it was just sort of, yeah, they got married. Finally, they've been engaged forever. Let's just move on. But the wedding kind of was a huge celebrity event. And in a way, the joke that we made about it being the biggest wedding of that weekend, because it happened the same week as Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck, is accidentally true because we have... So many photos from this wedding. Everyone who went to this wedding was telling everyone that they went to this wedding, whereas Ben Affleck and JLo's wedding, it was locked down. We don't have photos from it. We don't have people bragging about being there. Right. You know, this like, wedding was like, take a photo, take a photo, take a photo, share a photo, take a photo. Like the opposite of kind of we're we're don't you we're taking your photo and put, we're taking your phone and putting it in a bag. It's like you will tell every single fucking person in your contact list where you are and that you are having a good time here. And the opposite is Ben Affleck and JLo's wedding, where it's like the only thing you will get is a blurry, bl- a blurry drone shot. Speaking of Sarah Highland and her bridesmaid, Vanessa Hudgens, wanted something funny. A friend of yes. ours, who I won't reveal, is on vacation and spotted one hot tub over none other than Sarah Highland and Wells on their honeymoon. And guess <gasps> what she was wearing? That's right. Her bride bathing suit <laughs> from her bachelorette party. Wait, post the wedding, she was wearing the bride bathing suit? <laughs> she's wearing the bride bathing Why not? She's, she's wearing the bride bathing suit on her honeymoon. It's still a bathing suit. That's really wild. There's almost something like perfectly poetic about it happening on the weekend of Ben Affleck and JLo's wedding. You know, it's it's perfect. Because it's, it's the total opposite. It's counter like, you're right. There's something so beautiful. It's almost like JLo knew that this was happening and said, if we have our wedding the same weekend, it will take like maybe 5% of the attention off because this is such an intense kind of group of oversharers. It's like when you release like Miss Harris goes to Paris on the same week as Jurassic World or something. You know, it's like it's exactly it's it's something else. It's something else. It's to something look at. else. It's something else. OK, that's a terrible comparison, but I think you get what I'm trying to say. Do we want to move on to Love Island? Sure. I love my Helix mattress. I love my Helix pillow. What else is there to say about Helix? I freaking love it. <laughs> What when I sleep on other beds, what is there I else get to mad. say is that I come back to my bed and I'm like, this is the bed. This is the bed. And it's honestly spoiled me for other beds. And I don't like traveling sometimes because I'm like, this is not my bed. Where's my bed? I want I've my made bed. It, I've made it. It's, it's my special bed. It's my special mattress because it is a mattress that is made for my body. Mm-hmm. I took the Helix quiz. It told me which Helix mattress to get. And that's the one I got. And that's the one that I love. And that's yes. the one that I will not stop mm-hmm. using because it's the best mattress I've ever slept on. Mm-hmm. The mattress is so good that when we got it, my cat Winston became obsessed with it. And now he's on it all the time. And I'm no like, way. you have to move because no I way. need to sleep on the bed. It's my bed. It's not your bed. Wow. He's obsessed with it. It's wow. irritating, actually. Wow. He likes okay. the Helix Rude. so much. So rude. Everybody is unique, and I mean everybody, two words, because everyone sleeps differently. Their bodies are different, and that's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific seat positions and feel preferences. I'm a side sleeper slash stomach sleeper. Some people are back sleepers. Some people are exclusively side sleepers. There's a Helix mattress for all of you. Not only is the Helix the best mattress I've ever slept on, 
it, the setup was fast and easy. Their mattresses are delivered in a box and straight to your door. You just open it up and it like kind of like blows back up at a, after it comes out of the plastic and you put it on your bed and it's amazing. Plus, Helix mattresses all come with a 10 or 15 year warranty depending on the model. And if you don't want to take our word for it, Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash who. That's helixsleep.com slash who. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. You know, I've tried lots of things to get me to go to sleep in the past, you know, few years. Just a little bit of just a little bit of a push. You've got your melatonin, you got your various things, but I've found that of all the things, a little bit of CBD, a little bit of C B distillery, that's getting me goes a long that's way. That's getting me conked right out <laughs> and and sleeping through the night. It really is. I love C B distillery. They have not all their products are for sleep, some That's are for true. relaxation, but like, I love the sleep ones. They say, shh. Those gummies they sent us, I was in a chill vibe all day when I took two of those. They're good ass gummies. <laughs> They're good ass gummies. No, you were. You were like, you were like, I took CBD earlier today and I feel chill. I'm like not operating heavy machinery on those things. You know what I mean? I'm in a good place. Heavy machinery? <laughs> what did I say? You said heavy machinery, which is good. I like that. I know what you meant. <laughs> CB Distillery's targeted formulations are made from the highest quality, clean ingredients. They all caps the clean, which means you know it's clean. No fluff, no fillers, just effective CBD solutions designed to help support your health. In two non-clinical surveys, 81% of customers experienced more calm, 80% said CBD helped with pain after physical activity, and an impressive 90% said they slept better with CBD. And I'm among those 90%. So if you struggle with a health concern and haven't found relief, make the change like we did to CB Distillery. And with over two million customers and a solid 100% money back guarantee, CB Distillery is the source to trust. Hooligans have a 20% discount to get you started. Visit cbdistillery.com and use code WHO, W-H-O, for 20% off. That's cbdistillery.com, code WHO, cbdistillery.com. Hey, Lindsay Bobby, medium time, long time. So, Love Island drama, the current host of Love Island UK is stepping down due to the demands of the job or something weird. And all of the fans are saying, spoiler alert, the last season's winner, Ekin Sue, has an amazing chance at being the next host. Keep in mind, she has no hosting background. She is a former actress and model, so she does have chops. And just now on her Instagram story, she said that she's flying somewhere and can't tell us where or why, but it's really exciting. I kind of thought this story was bullshit, but now I think it might be true. So let me know your thoughts. Okay. Gordon Diamonds. Bye. Crunch, crunch. A lot of theories about this. The host of Love Island UK, Laura Whitmore, I guess the main joke about this is like the hosts of Love Island like don't really do anything. I mean, this is very related to uh, the girl Sarah we were speaking of who's hosts the Love Island US. It's like you're not really doing a ton of stuff. You're kind of like you show up, you're like do this, then you leave. Da, da, da. So it's like how much work could it be? There's also the interesting connection about the fact that the Love Island UK host is married to the 
I would say the main star of Love Island who isn't the contestants, the voice that is the narrator who makes all the jokes. Uh, I forget his name already. What's his name? It's down here somewhere. Ian Sterling. Ian. So they're married. So it is interesting. So it was like kind of a fun thematic thing that she hosted and he was the voice and they were married in real life. Like, oh, Love Island, we love it. And now she's like, oh, it's annoying because like the winter season's happening in South Africa and I don't want to fly back and forth from South Africa to, I guess, the UK because she's starring in a play, 222, uh, in the West End. (laughs) (laughs) It's 222, a ghost story. I don't know if it is a ghost story. It says 222, a ghost story. So my question to you is I don't watch Love Island, but you say that you're sus about it. That's what you wrote on this thing. But like, if it's such a low impact job, if it doesn't require a lot of work, why would you give it up? I understand maybe it's not a lot of work, but you still have to be in South Africa. And that maybe is a pain mm-hmm. in the ass to fly back and forth because you do have to. It's a really long show. It's like 55 episodes or something crazy. You know, Love Island mm-hmm. like spans and they do like double seasons now. So it's not just your summer. It's your summer and your winter. So practically it makes sense that she wouldn't want to do this but like I don't know I feel like I would have to be really like talked out you know you this would be something that would be really silly to give up yeah but I guess if she if she's on this is just so it's almost a cliche where it's like no I'm not just the host of Love Island I'm a serious actor look I'm in the West End I'm like leading a play I'm doing this is First Wives Club you know like this is this is straight out of like I every know. sitcom and movie from I that know. you've ever seen about an actor where it's like you do the play to be taken seriously. Well, the alt alt suspicion is that her and her husband are on the rocks. But like oh. I'm not, I, you know, just but yeah. that's like that's, you know, putting that out there. But I don't know. What I had forgotten is that she and we talked about this when it happened. It's so depressing. She took over for the original host, Caroline Flack, after Caroline Flack like died by suicide so like the reason she's there is tragic so maybe she never really wanted to be there full-time you know is that a possibility i don't know i mean that's also kind of a stretch because we don't know really know anything at all these are all just options and it just feels like a crazy thing to quit i guess i just meant that like it doesn't seem like the sort of thing that she like she didn't work her way up she sort of got this job by accident and Uh so maybe there's not that emotional connection to the job that there would have been otherwise so I guess mm-hmm. it makes a little more sense, but um, I love this this photo of her play, 222. It's just the most serious thing you can imagine, which is the polar opposite of Love Island. Somebody else pretty big was in this, too, recently. I mean, she's taking over for, like, the cast was pretty impressive. It originally had Lily Allen. Yeah, I remember that. Stephanie Stephanie Beatrice played the role in London. There's a, lo- oh there's a few different. God. Tom Felton was in it. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, it's, you know. Okay, so she's trying to be a serious actor. I guess that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Um, I am watching League of Their Own on Pedro, and I'm wondering who Shantae Adams is. She's great, um, but I think she's the only one of the ensemble, um, larger ensemble, that I don't think I recognize. Um, okay, Lindsay and Bezler, crunch, crunch, bye. Shantae Adams, League of Their Own. Shantae Adams, new person. Is Abby Jacobson of them? I would call them like the main leads of this show, but it is an ensemble. Abby Jacobson is still a who, right? It's hard because it's like, is Alana Glazer of them? I guess Alana and Abby, like as characters, but that's also their real names and also kind of them. Are they thems? But I guess characters really are not who them in my mind, or at least that's kind of a difficult 
thing. Abby, Broad City seemed like a them show. Maybe Broad City was a them, but I don't know that either of them are ever actually thems individually. And I would say Alana's themier than Abby, if only because she's done a bit more because it took uh, took Abby a really long time to get this project. Mm-hmm. And also, like, Alana's a bigger, louder personality with more, like, catchphrases, you know? That's just, like, the way that the character is almost. Yeah, that's true. Abby took her Don't time to kind of – and Abby kind of was a niche queer them for a long time. Like, Abby well, was in that whole celesbian right. group where it was like, is Abby dating St. Vincent? Is Abby dating Cara yeah. Delevingne? Like, is Abby dating Kristen <laughs> right. Stewart? Like, is Abby right. friends with all of the most, like, famous, right. like, white lesbian girlies in L.A.? Like, <laughs> that was sort of a low-key, fun little moment. But A League of Their Own, for a while, was the number one show because they changed – Amazon Prime got a better app. And now they copy the Netflix with like the top things. And it was like, what? what's the Chris Pratt show? The contractor? That's not... The alienator? The, the, the one where he's the, like the CIA or the like... The informer? He's a cop. The informist? The, inf- the Oh form, my God. The, the, sub, the terminal list. Constance Wu oh is in it God. too. Okay. That was number one for a long time. Now A League of Their Own is number one. Okay. That's fun. League of Their Own seems very themmy. It's at least themmy IP. It's at least them. Yeah. At the very well, I mean, least. Amazon's the... putting a lot of money in promoting it. It yes. feels it feels themy to them. It feels mm-hmm. themy in terms of if you turn on Amazon Prime, you're gonna see it at the top. You know, like that's what it is, right? Yeah. So it does seem themy. And what I find kind of interesting is that the themiest person in this show is Nick Offerman, which is like, okay, whatever. So it's cool that it is a real like people are tuning into a show where there aren't really any famous people like super famous people because it's an ensemble but the co-leads i would say are abby jacobson and shantae adams and shantae's definitely a bigger who but shantae's brand new this is this is sort of like the satisfying next step in the rise to fame arc we were talking about maria bakalova earlier but like shantae adams got a lot of attention and like a couple of awards for being in roxanne roxanne a netflix movie it's a good comparison because that's a very specific thing that she did because she was like it was a biopic about Roxanne Chante. So like I do think when you do, when you're brand new and you do a biopic, you get you can get pigeonholed as like because you're doing an impression very mm-hmm. much so. So it's like hard to be like, oh, I'm also just like an actor and I do other things as well. Like for Maria, different, but still very much playing almost herself, not herself, but a role that really required the audiences to kind of almost think she was just like a jackass like bad trip just like a random person does that make sense like yeah very, and then they very realism comedy it felt very much like oh she's out of nowhere and she's kind of playing herself and then oh she was so good because it was so authentic almost like oh she's mm-hmm. not even acting but she was yeah. acting but she was acting and i think that yeah. that's why she's good in bodies 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 because she's like playing kind of like an outsider you like you're sort of like right. what is and your I deal was like will she have the accent and then she did and it made sense and it was fine and like yeah that's what i was always so curious about her because i was like i'm not sure this girl's gonna be able to like get rid of the accent and like just mm-hmm. move on you know but, but shantae shantae different story yeah, Shantae, different story. So after she, she literally moves to, God, this is one of those things where it's like, it's sort of like Rachel Sennett, where it's like, what's the history? There's not much to, we can go through it quickly. So she's from Michigan. She goes to Carnegie Mellon. She's like, I want to move to New York. I want to be an actor. She goes to New York. She instantly gets in Roxanne, Roxanne. She gets her first role, which is like high profile. Mahershala Ali's in this movie. The movie's actually very good. It was on, a, it was a Netflix movie when Netflix movies kind of had a little more prestige to them, a little more weight. So it, it is, a, it's a good movie. It got a lot of attention. 
I'm sorry, but does it not th- make you think of the Seinfeld thing? Like, I just can't see this movie title and not think of the, Se- the Seinfeld joke. Uh, uh, Rochelle, Rochelle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very different. I'm sorry. This I'm is very sorry. different. So okay. after this, she gets cast in A League of Their Own, which has been like in development for so long. And then obviously there's years between Since A League of Their Own getting... 2017. Did you yes. know that? Yes, it's like it's like it's crazy. So it's actually shocking to me. Like when we first got screeners of a League of Their Own sent to our email, I was like, "Oh, wait, this is a real thing." Like I completely kind of because it's one of those things where you probably read about it in two thousand eighteen, two thousand nineteen, two thousand twenty. It's like a League of Their Own gets greenlit. A League of Their Own yeah. reboot gets this, gets this, gets casted, da da da. And you're like, okay, let me know when it's out. You know, it's yeah. very much like I don't really need to know any of this information. And also, these are this is the type of show that feels like. Oh, this got greenlit, but then like it didn't actually get made. It didn't or, actually like, get made. It didn't. Uh, they just didn't end up making it. You know what I mean? Like it's it's kind of crazy that it got made. So it actually gets made, but before that, she's sort of like in limbo. She's fresh off of this movie that like gets a lot of attention. Then a pandemic happens, and it's like, can you keep this momentum? We've heard the story a million times. She maintains the momentum by a working on a League of Their Own, but b getting her job on Broadway. She was in a play, The Skeleton Crew, which also had who was in that? Felicia Rashad was also in it, like high-profile Broadway play. So that's cool. And then she was in the funniest movie, A Journal for Jordan, which essentially, to use blank check terminology, is a movie that doesn't exist. This is a movie that's directed by Denzel Washington, starring Michael B. Jordan. She's the co-star. She's the the romantic interest for Michael B. Jordan. No one sees this movie. It makes like no money. It comes out on Christmas Day. I never saw ads for it anywhere. I finally saw a poster for it like two weeks after it came out, like on the street somewhere. I and I was like, wait. I buy a billboard for it like a thousand times on um, Atlantic Avenue. Mm-hmm. And every time I drove oh, I by the billboard. billboard, I was like, what? Like, I literally like, was like, what? Because it's like <laughs> Denzel Washington directed a movie that's coming out on Christmas Day that stars Michael B. Jordan and like. I'm not hearing about it. The only time I heard a lot about it was in the lead up to that movie coming out. Michael B. Jordan, despite being people's sexiest man alive one year, is notoriously like kind of sexless. He's notoriously like eligible bachelor, single, whatever. So Daily Mail was obsessed with the with the shooting of this movie because he was kissing Shantae Adams on set all the time. They were canoodling. So it's like the I gotta most... say it's so cheap that the Daily Mail was like, oh, Michael Jordan, Michael G. Jordan spotted kissing woman. It's like on the set of a movie in which they play lead leads. Like you've seen movies before Daily Mail. You've seen movie sets. You but know? what I'm saying is it's specific to Michael B. Jordan because they it is. it's it the is. best they could get for him you know it like is, but it's a troll it's a literal yeah, troll you know it's a troll. and i think maybe that's one of the reasons why michael jordan dated Lori because he was like this is ridiculous press i need attention for, like kissing a co-star mm-hmm. not even need attention but like maybe if i date somebody like in the public eye then people will leave me then they'll like leave me alone in this type of way mm-hmm. and yeah and now she's in the show that's a big hit so good for her she got the thing that is she's been working hit? at for four i think so i just always okay. i keep hearing well to be Okay. The places I've heard people talk about it are like my friends. And then when I was at the Kate Berlant show, everyone around me was talking about a League of the Road, but they would well, obviously be talking it. about it because she's in it. So like, I'm hearing people talk about it, but I'm hearing wow. people talk about sounds it in like very specific real, spaces. No offense, but sounds like a real East Coast bias. You should have that checked because God, I'm sorry. Just, sorry. I'm just saying like, but I think she's fun in it. The show is like, she's playing a queer woman. So that's like fun. Well, it's also like, League of Their Own it has the exact same title as the movie but all the characters are different people they're they're not the same girlies but she is emblematic of that one iconic scene in League of Their Own where 
uh, the ball is somewhere and like a black woman picks up the ball and throws it back and Gina Davis. Davis is like nice like she kind of makes this like ouch like nice throw you know like, like ooh, that, that really hard so there's like that backstory but I'm just saying she she's kind of the only character that has a little bit of like relevance to the main one the main movie in a weird way yeah kind of because there there are no real parallels for anyone else in the movie you can look at one and be like i guess that's the rosie o'donnell character i guess that's the madonna character i guess that's the gina davis but there's really no one-to-one and the same thing with shante adams's character because it's like what they're doing here is because a league of the rome famously just had a like Lindsay said that one scene with the black actor but a league of the rome was like well, we don't really have to go into this because the black women weren't allowed in the All-American League. So let's just ignore it. Let's genuflect towards these women and then move on. But A League of Their Own is like, well, no, let's actually tell that story and figure out like how she ended up getting to play baseball anyway. And then it also turns out that like everyone is gay. So that's very, very fun. Okay. I have a funny thing that happened to me the other day. I was like somehow got stuck looking at my Instagram Explorer, which I never do. But oh, sometimes no. I like to oh, see no. how it's – I like to see how it's clocking me. Like I just want to see how the algo is like telling me. And I, it was a picture of Marla Hooch from the original, oh the iconic What Marla a hitter. <laughs> and I clicked on it because I was like, what's this? And it was the Instagram for the actress who played Marla Hooch, whose name is Megan Cavanaugh. Megan Cavanaugh. And her Instagram is real Megan Cavanaugh. And it was a picture of her and it said, come see me. I'll be signing autographs at hashtag Wheaton All Night Flea Market. <laughs> that is amazing. And I was like, if this is my explorer, I'm doing something right. She is a legend. Honestly, Marla Hooch, one of the best, probably one of the best movie characters of ever, right? Oh, I love Marla Hooch is iconic. Marla Hooch is right? iconic to my entire life. Oh, my God. Right? What is the song she sings at karaoke <laughs> where she's like, <laughs> what is the song, Marla? Marla Hooch. And it's is like it- a really horny song. What is the Marla yeah, Hooch song? Very oh, hubba hubba. it had to be you. <laughs> that. <laughs> yes. A great performance. Sorry, I just, yes. I realized is when that happened, I was like, all right, I need to turn off the, the phone, you know? Anyway, Shantae Adams, she made it from her big break to uh, an actual cool thing. She broke. She broke. She actually broke. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby, and Timmy. Um, I just left a two-minute voicemail that could really be summed up much more quickly, so I'm calling back. Um, I'm wondering what makes somebody in a reality show um, a who or a nah. Um, and then if there are any reality TV shows thems that you can think of, um, I mean, I think like maybe Snooki is one. Um, yeah, but there's just so many reality TV show people and like you see some of them getting people exclusive content and things like that. And you think, oh, like who cares about this? Anyways, I've just been thinking about that a lot lately. Okay. Thank you. Crunch, crunch. Bye. This is such a hard question, but to be a them on reality TV now is a lot harder because there's more reality shows, right? Mm-hmm. And they're all niche, right? Because like only, you know, a sm- you know, you're know, you obsessed with like the HDTV things and those people are thems to you, but like that's I not. I know they're not, yeah. You have to kind of like honestly capture culture and that's really hard to do. You have to like win Survivor or be Snooki or, and these are all vi- old things. Who wins the last modern day reality star to be a them kim kardashian do you know what i mean like it you really have to yeah you have to c- take control of culture in a way the show has to be that big 
But even like becoming a reality star who and not just a knob because there are so many reality oh, yeah, shows. So everyone is a not everyone is a knob. By being on a reality show, you are a knob because you have some sort of you have some sort of moment in the spotlight. But are people talking about you? You have to be spoken about. You have to be written about. You kind of have to graduate into something where people care about your life. Like mm-hmm. when you leave The Bachelor, you're doing Spawn. People are checking your – you're an Instagram influencer. You're doing other projects. You're on yeah. other TV shows. You're doing hosting. You're this. You're that. Like you have to kind of do the next thing. You can't just yeah. be like an alum of alo- of alone. Like our friend Wanda, who we still follow on the Instagram. I don't even know why we oh, still follow her. I love Wanda from Alone. Oh, there's there's well, like so many seasons of Alone her? I have to catch up on. She's always like, I'm making a bear pelt. I'm like, Wanda, okay, scroll, scroll, scroll. But I'm thinking about like famous Bachelor people as someone who doesn't watch Bachelor. The the batch, the real top tier Bachelor who's are the ones whose coverage extends well beyond the yes, season. Yes, yes, extends, yes. It extends into other levels like Rachel right. Lindsay. Fucking Nick Vile, you know? Who became a host who does all this different stuff. Nick Vile, who also wrote a book or whatever. Dates, dates like, you got to date other Bachelor people. You got to date famous people. Like, Mm -hmm. you got to stay in the tabloids. It's actually maybe as simple as just being in tabloids. Like, they're the ones that will decide the the hunger of the public. They know who clicks on Nick Vile articles, you know? You go from nah to who when you leave the show and your your job is no longer the show your job is being famous when you start right. making your job fame and not just the show i think that's when you turn into hoodum and when you capture as you said capture the culture in a broader way that's when you become a them and like snooky is such a specific unique character that like had never existed before on yeah. reality television so of course that made sense then mononymity of it all helped also realities are thems you might be a them such for such a short time so maybe you're even you were never a them you were always just a who you know mm-hmm. like the the kind of the the brevity of it all is so we don't realize how short it's going to be you know and then I'm... you're just kind of not And I'm thinking about the only other batch of reality star people who I think are definitely top tier who's, but arguably thems are the queer eye guys. The new queer eye, the new queer eye people are like your Tan, your Karamo, your Bobby, your Jonathan Van Ness. I think that they are all and what's what's his fucking name? I forgot the other one. In a way, they joined the show as who's like they already had a leg up, don't you think? Like some of them, Jonathan definitely already had kind of these personality-based empires that they were running. That's his fucking name. I feel like, what's her name inside the music? Cut! God bless Cut! Whatever. So, yeah, Anthony. You forgot Anthony's name? Wow. Yeah, I forgot Anthony's name. That's that's a sign of something good. (laughs) That's good. He's going to sue you right now for that. That's good. But I think that's that's the answer. It's like when when celebrity becomes your job, you are a who. Yeah. And and it's fruitful, you know? Mm -hmm. Next call. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby, Kimmy, long time, long time. Um, are nepotism babies of them? I don't mean like a specific person, but the concept of a nepotism baby, which I'm seeing all over my Twitter now as if, I don't know, as if the internet has like grasped this concept and is trying to really like make it happen. I know you guys have been talking about nepotism babies forever and ever, but it feels like there's a real shift in the zeitgeist. Um, so yeah, our nepotism babies are them. Um, crunch, crunch, Lindsay and Bezler. Bye. Love you. Or like the concept of nepotism babies. Our nepotism babies, I guess, is like a concept. 
a them now. Well, that's the thing. It's like the conversation has really hit uh, apex. It's become a meme. I think that's a, this that source of. Yeah, the apex. Yeah. yeah. Okay, thank you. But now it's folding in on itself because it's like you're right. Now that it's a meme, it's like it's a meme. Now there's almost a backlash to the idea of every single person in the whole world being yeah. an echo baby. Like LMAO, it can't be everyone. But in a way that it's like yes, like when you start calling every single person that then it loses all meaning and it has right in a way so and i mean the memification on the level of like it's something that everyone online feels like they have to weigh in on like there's a compulsion to weigh in on the idea of there being a nepotism baby and like that really didn't exist before you know like i've never seen everyone having to comment on it before and i think that kind of makes it to them you know everyone's always <sighs> known that nepo babies well, exist gonna, that nepo babies have we, a leg up we can't who were them like a concept but is that We've who were them less. We've who were them less. <laughs> I think we can them nepo babies. They are in the culture. I don't want to who were them it, but I do want to talk about the idea that it is a conversation. I think it has a lot to do with the state of our uh, kind of existence right now. There mm -hmm. is a uh, feeling of unfairness that really. I think lends to the idea that some people have gotten things fairly to some and some have mm -hmm. gotten things unfairly. And it's really interesting that the like Nepo baby thing comes at this time, I have to say. Like it's definitely yeah. meaningful. It doesn't it has meaning that all of a sudden now we're we're very, very overly concerned about the legs up that people have had, as we should be, but like putting it out there and almost like categorizing them as bad people because of it, which is not fair, you know, yeah. but the idea that you got something unfairly is really stressful to people right now mm -hmm. is really like something that makes people upset, which makes mm -hmm. sense. Like the world is like super unfair like that, you know. Right, exactly. It's like not surprising for any number of reasons. I think that Trump has a lot to do with it, like not mm -hmm. to blame everything on Trump. But you could probably teach a college class on the increase in awareness of nepotism and the unfairness of family connections over the past 10 years. You know? Oh my God, you totally could. You co I mean, you could teach, you could really like write a whole paper on like the nepo babies and like the kind of class economy like the, the, yes. the kind of inequalities yes. in in our modern age right like it's totally like a pop culture easy fun stupid way to essentially say what you're thinking which is really mm -hmm. being upset about the like inequality right that exists and the thing that eternally surprises me about nepotism specifically in acting is that like people are a so quick to point it out in a catty way and they are also just as quick to get over it and say, you know what? I stand my hawk. <laughs> right. No, they don't care. Yeah. Well, it's also just funny to me because if you think of not acting as it could be a family business, just as many industries Which are. Which it is. Like, it, like, oh, my father taught me or it's my family business or whatever. Like those are normal. It's normal to do that. But is it is it equally so? But it's not normal, I guess, to be an mm -hmm. actor because your parents are right. Right. But also acting is one of those privileged things where it takes a lot of skill. It takes beauty. It takes in many ways. It takes like time and of the right place right time a lot of unpaid right labor of to get money good at it involved in it <laughs> right so like it's not the same as like my dad wasn't a mechanic and i'm a mechanic like it's different yeah. it is different than that inherently but it is not crazy to me when i see a young person who's the daughter of of ethan hawk and uh, uma thurman being an actress because what do you what, what else are you supposed to do you know yeah yes <laughs> i was looking at google trends for the search term nepotism and I uh -huh. went back to their earliest date, which is 2004. 
And it's been a steady rise since 2004. Like, slow, steady rise. The first huge spike since 2004 in nepotism came right after Trump's election. Amazing. And then then it starts rising a little bit faster. And there are more frequent spikes over the past couple of years. And that's probably because of this conversation about Hollywood nepotism. Like, all of this makes sense when you look at it. And the most interested subregion, the state that is Googling nepotism more often than anyone else... Uh-huh. Can you guess? California? Number five. It's Alaska. <laughs> Stop, really? The Alaskans are so Obsessed. intrigued by nepotism. Okay, if you're Alaskan and you're intrigued by nepotism, call in, please. Thanks. Okay, tell us why. Um, let's, do, let's do some rapid fires. Hey, Lindsay and Bobby. I just saw the most insane, funny TikTok that I guess I can try and send you guys that uh like charlie xcx the room room playing while just like pictures of like henry ford's like first automobile <laughs> so question does charlie xcx know who henry ford is or is that just like an american thing to know who he is and does henry ford in the afterlife know who charlie xcx is uh good for him. two questions does Charlie XX know who Henry Ford is, the inventor of, like, the Ford vehicles, the modern vehicle? The iconic anti-Semite inventor of the assembly line and the creator of Ford automobiles. I think that Charlie knows who Henry Ford is. Yes. But does Henry Ford's spirit, ghost, know who Charlie XCX is? Has Henry Ford heard Room Room? Is Room Room an iconic enough song, and it is very iconic, that Henry Ford in the wherever he is, up in here hell. or down there. He's in hell. <laughs> <laughs> Henry Ford is in hell. <laughs> if there's a hell, he's there. Uh, does he know about Room Room? I would say Room Room is a perfect song, so Henry Ford has not heard it because he, if he was in hell, which is where he is if it exists, they're not playing Room Room. They don't get to hear Room Room. They don't get to hear good songs. Are you kidding? He's probably hear, He's probably hearing Wheels on the Bus for the 40 millionth <laughs> time. As is his punishment. I think Timmy put this in. It wasn't you, right? The I've watched this a million times and it always makes me laugh. Yeah. I'm going to play like, Room. If you haven't heard it, we'll teach you. It's very nice. It's not like it's. you think she's going to be like, fuck off. But she's like, well, we're all it's here. Fine. already here. <laughs> This next song is very, very, very fucking iconic. If you don't know it, that's okay. We can help you learn it. If you like this song, that means you're cute and you're sexy and you're right fucking sporty. Yes. It means you're a bad girl. It means you're a hot girl. It means you like to drive fucking fast. Yes. This is group proof, bitch. I think the beginning of Room Room is so iconic. It's like as important to me as like the Jaws, the Jaws sounds. The Jaws theme? That's like as iconic to me as, it's like the new Jaws, you know? When you hear that, you know something's coming and it could be a shark or a car and you're going to get hit by it. Bye. Hit me with your car, Charlie. Hit me with your Ford. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby, medium time, medium time. I just would like you to ring from who to them, the different types of Navy. So, like, 
Navy, the military, the color Navy, old Navy, and Rihanna fan base Navy. That's all. What the fuck Donald's gay rights crunch crunch. What? We're ranking military Navy, color Navy, old Navy, the store, and Rihanna's fan base, the Navy. So we have four different navies. Let's rank them from who to them. Lindsay wrote, these are getting out of control, to be honest. I did. All right. The whoiest is Rihanna's fan base. Then I would say Old Navy. Then I would say, honestly, this is the toughest part. I would say the color, then the military is number one. Yeah. When I think Navy, I think. The Navy. The Navy. Navy. I think like we're in the ocean. In the Navy. In the Navy. Yeah. Wait, what about that song by YMCA? Where does, or YMCA, whoever's it. By them. <laughs> the YMCA, the village people. I think that yeah. in the Navy goes smack dab between, oh God, does it go between color and old Navy or does it go yeah. between old Navy and Rihanna's fan base? That's I think it tough. goes between color and old Navy. Yeah, it's, 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 it's bigger than old Navy. Okay, so we go Rihanna's fan base. Old Navy, the store, in the Navy, the the village people song, the color Navy, and the military unit, the Navy, the organization, the Navy. Yeah. 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 I also don't like the color Navy, so that's why I don't think of the color first. You don't like the color Navy? It's too dark. It's too, like, somber. I like the color blue. I like, like, a Navy suit. I like Navy. Yeah. Well, it kind of goes with everything, which is nice. You know, it's not black. Like a navy suit. I don't really want to see it on anything other than clothes. Uh-huh. Interesting. Like a formal suit. Like something formal. Uh-huh. It's very, it's too okay. formal, I think. Sure. You know what? Let's end it after these navies. We f- we figured it out. So let's end. Thank you for listening to another episode of Who's There. Keep calling in at 619-WHO-THEM to leave questions, comments, and concerns. Thank you to Katie and Eric of The Who's for providing our Rita theme song on Tuesdays. Thank you to Timmy, our research and editorial assistant, for researching and editorializing. Thank you to all of our patrons. Support us on Patreon.com slash Weekly for bonus episodes, uh, an occasional newsletter, commentaries, a Discord server, and more. You can also get all of our audio, our VIP audio that you get on the Patreon on Apple Podcasts. If you sign up through Apple, a little easier than Patreon. Let's just, you know, there's an option for you. Um, Whatever you want to do. Whatever Whatever works for you. Whatever works for you. It's totally fine. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. That would be so nice. Buy my debut novel, The Old Place, wherever you get your books. And we'll see you on Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Britney Snow's husband, Tyler Staniland, claims that selling the OC co-star Kayla Cardona tried to kiss him twice, colon, details. <laughs> hey, Lindsay, Bobby, Timmy. Uh, Bobby, um, as a former New Yorker who now lives out in the middle, uh, I wanted to let you know that Baked by Melissa Cupcakes beautifully. Um, they have a massive nationwide shipping thing going on. Um, and they make a really nice little gift. So they have indulgence, kind of a surprising inclusion, but they're really yummy if you need to ship them to somebody who lives elsewhere. That's all. Thanks for bye. Bye. Crunch, crunch. Hi, Lindsay Bobby Timmy. Long time, long time. Um, was listening to the new Beyonce album and a thought occurred to me and I'd love your help. Um, could you rank these honeys in order of their cultural impact? 
Honey, the music video by Mariah Carey. Honey, the album by Robin. Honey, the song by Robin, but the version that was in Girls. Honey, the film starring Jessica Alba. Miss Honey, as portrayed by M. Beth Davids in Matilda. Pure Honey, the song by Beyonce. Honey, Honey, the song by ABBA. And Honey, the stuff bees make. Crunch, crunch. I apologize in advance for this call, but I just have to know, is Bill Hader sick of who Sweetie Mary Funk sounds like fuck, Mary kill option. Okay. DJ Zach Bia, podcaster, Lindsay podcaster. Crunch, crunch. Hey guys, it's Julia calling from her honeymoon again. Um, I was just going to explain to my husband who is versus them versus Nas. And he was like, oh, like kind of inventors, like Thomas Edison's with them. And like Salt, who invented, I don't know, polio vaccine? He's a who. And the guy who invented blood types. Whatever. He's Carl Lanzaner. He's a Nas. I'm probably going to get a divorce. Anyways, crunch, crunch. Love you. Bye.